We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to a very special episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 288. I am your host, Nate. I hope you guys are doing fantastic on this quarantined Monday. Now, some of you are probably at work. If you're at work right now, first of all, before I go any further, I need to say thank you so much for everything you're doing to keep our country going in this crazy time oh my god we are early on we have a dong father blessing have to shout out the dong father dongo richie i know that uh they're going through some crazy we're all going through crazy times let's just be honest you know uh the covid19 shit has happened and today it's just me i figured what a better thing to do today than to talk about a little bit of news and then i'm gonna do a little show and tell and uh, show off the first few issues of my uh, Amazing Spider-Man collection. So it's going to be a little bit awkward for the audio listener. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others by searching Journey Into Comics Network. Uh, I'm sorry that you probably won't get the visual. Please check the links. I'm going to link the video so you can actually see me uh, showing off these different books. So first of all, if you're here and you're watching, curious to know what you're doing in your time of quarantine as we are all trying to survive this madness. Uh, I know that we've been watching a lot of movies, cleaning incessantly. I think I'm going to be starting a new podcast. Spoiler alert, I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, that's something that's probably going to be coming pretty soon. So we, you know hunkered down lots of food lots of cooking it has been uh very interesting to say the least dick says he's been playing monster hunter and plotting content that's great now is a great time to plot for content and figure out where shows are going to go in the future if you're going to be able to have guests and whatnot and how that's all going to go so you know like i said we've been pretty much hunkered down chilling out Watching a lot of different things, trying to get through different shows. I don't know if you guys have been watching any shows or anything, but uh, we've watched all kinds of different movies. A lot of funny stuff, 
try to keep it lighthearted. We've watched uh, Tropic Thunder and Pineapple Express and Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And there was another one. Oh, we watched the interview the other night, which was fucking hilarious. If you've never seen the interview, I do recommend that movie. It is absolutely ridiculous. I will say it's a little bit different. Let's just be honest right now. We're in this real weird world where everything's changing. It is weird to do a live stream as somebody who has most exclusively done his episodes. I mean, I think in the however many episodes we've done all time uh, on Journey into Comics 288, I want to say... I've maybe done two live streams for our show. I've been on several live streams, been a, a part of some Brews with Dudes, obviously podcastrophy and things of that nature, but uh, this is different. I am helming the ship. It looks like we may be having some lag issues. I'm not sure if that's happening on the live stream or not, so if you guys are lagging, I'm so sorry. I know that our audio listeners are just fine. They're like, what's going on, man? Probably nothing. And it... Uh, it looks like maybe maybe we are having some some issues with our video. So, anyways, uh, we are doing our best to stay healthy right now and to stay mentally well and to get through this crazy time. Uh, I know that in the comic book world, we have uh, insane news with Tom Holland getting sick, and he's like. I don't think it's coronavirus, but I'm going to quarantine myself anyways to be safe. And I think that is a very, very crazy thing uh, that Tom Holland, a young actor, uh, could pop. I mean, I know he said he doesn't think he has it, but it's possible he has it. That's absolutely terrifying. Like, he's a young dude. Tom Hanks definitely has it in the Marvel world. Idris Elba uh, has got this coronavirus, you know, and uh, some people I don't think are understanding the severity of this thing. You know, it is a killer of people. It is not a human created like, like, okay, okay. I don't want to talk about if they're not, if not, it's human created because we don't know. What we do know is, is that it was in an animal first. Somebody ate the animal that virus mutated, learned how to go from animal to human to then human to human, okay? And in that happening, we now have got this crazy novel coronavirus. Not human coronavirus, novel coronavirus. And, uh, you know, it attacks your lungs. It gives you, like, pneumonia-like symptoms. Your lungs shrivel up. You lose your ability to breathe. Uh, it's scary, you know, and I hope if you're out there and you're on the front lines, you're doing everything you can to be precautious. But uh, for the rest of this episode, I know we're five and a half, six minutes in, and I've just kind of been rambling, checking this live stream and whatnot. Uh, I am going to get down to business now. We're going to talk about some comic book stuff, you know. Uh, I just want to reflect real quick. Now, I don't watch The Walking Dead show, but something that happened in the comics has now transitioned and happened in the show. And that was uh, what happened, I do believe, for viewers. It was last weekend. Uh, a very, very, very interesting scene. I'm going to try not to spoil it for those who are fresh watching. A very interesting scene involving Alpha and Negan. And ripped right from the comic books. 
and honestly one of the you know uh better done adaptations from the comic that they've ever done on the walking dead like you have to think about it they did so they've done so many major moments to this point and they're they're getting closer and closer they're inching closer and closer to the end of the actual books uh in the tv series and of course the tv series has deviated so far away from what the comics were you know in the comics carl very much alive he's the most integral part of the whole entire story uh you know andrea's death is much more meaningful and it's way later down the line. Michonne's importance is way more important a little bit further down the line. Like everything they've done in the show is in my opinion, like they wanted to do a pure adaptation, but were afraid that basic audiences wouldn't get it. And I think that was a huge misstep because the story they told in the walking dead comics, and I preached it here a thousand times. You guys have heard me preaching it is the best story ever told in any medium the comic book adaptation of the walking dead again it it's given me every emotion when i read it i was giddy with excitement and laughter in some moments with just like oh they're gonna get their just desserts and pay whoever back there were other moments where i was absolutely stunned and didn't know what to think because things happened or a major character that i loved was was randomly killed off in a way that I was totally not expecting, but, uh, you know, you, you look at the, the different moments that they've had and, and every moment moved me and God, the end of the series is, is in the, in the comic realm anyways, was the most beautifully wrapped story ever. Like you can't put a bow on a story more beautifully than the walking dead comics did. So I'm I'm just thinking about that in the in the kind of these end times. I did I do want to say shout out to Tyler. I miss him very much. He's my co-host on the show. He is in the front lines. He's still working as per his job and can't be quarantined. So he's been exhausted because he's been working extra hard in these times. Uh and I just want to say that when he's back, we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff. We're gonna be talking about a lot of things. Maybe we'll finally cover House of X, Powers of X finale, which we've never done. I know we're sucking on that one. But uh, anyways, with Tyler being gone, I thought maybe a little bit of a shorter episode, possibly. Who knows? We're going to see where this goes. But I want to show some of the comics that are in my collection when Tyler's not here as a way to be able to do live streaming a little bit more, get a handle on it a little bit more, become better at it. I feel you can only become better at something the more you do it, right? Practice makes perfect. No, perfect practice makes perfect. You have to get better before you can get great, right? So I'm going to show you guys some of the books in the collection. I'm going to start with my Amazing Spider-Man series. We're going to probably do the first 10 that I have now. I will say that at some point if we keep doing this, we are going to run into an interesting situation where we're week by week counting by 10. What I mean by that is when we hit Amazing Spider-Man 101, I've got every book after that. So we're going to cover every single one anytime we're doing it. I just want to like briefly go over these books. Some books have importance, some books don't, you know. Uh, apologies to the live stream. I got to like itch my nose. Man, absolutely the worst time ever is to have to itch your nose when you're live on the podcast in front of viewers like... 
got people. Hopefully you guys like my little logos. I don't know. I need to maybe add some more stuff. If you need, think I need to add some shit, put that in the comments too. I don't know. But uh, anyways, let's get into this. I'm going to bring up the technically first issue that I have of The Amazing Spider-Man. Although it is not the earliest issue, and I'm going to explain that right now. So let's show you guys on the live stream. This is Amazing Spider-Man, and I don't know if I'm able to see. I'm not going to see this very well, so I'll try to do this. But this is Amazing Spider-Man 1. And you're like, oh my god, you have Amazing Spider-Man 1. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, except for it's a reprint. And you can tell because the back, which talks about golden records, and the back reads, now read and hear your favorite comic heroes. Special book that reads along with the record. Listen to the voices of your heroes in action. Join the excitement. Listen to golden books and record sets. The Marvel book and record set retails at $2.49 each. SLP uh, 185, well, I'm not going to read the SLP numbers, but it was Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers and Captain America, and Mighty Thor. They also did a special Christmas release of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. They also did, uh, and interestingly enough, this is on the back of a Spider-Man, they also advertised Batman and Superman as having stories for Golden Records. So this is really cool because, you know, it's still the original book. There's still page one, the OG. It's crazy to just even have this open. I barely have touched this book, so I'm, I'm really excited and kind of nervous. You know, there's... The, the beautiful moments. Sure, you've read many stories about different magazine heroes, but there's never been a story like this one because there's never been a hero like Spider-Man. Freak, public menace. And then, of course, they go on to show the book, which has a lot of amazing art. It's kind of hard to show. I needed to have a microphone stand for this episode, and for some reason I didn't do that, but there's multiple stories in there. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man's origin story, and then Spider-Man with the Fantastic Four taking on the Chameleon. Uh, awesome, awesome, cool, very special book to have uh, in the collection. And I'm just going to put that one down because I'm tired of touching it and I'm super nervous. So I pick mine occasionally on stream. You pick your nose? Oh, God, Dick. Dick picks his nose. I love that it... Man, I get to watch the playback after it's already happened on the stream. So I'm getting to see that what I'm trying to show you guys actually looks like I'm trying to show you. Because I have no idea in the moment because there's some lag in the time, right? Anyways, what did you guys think of Amazing Spider-Man number one? If you've ever read it, if you've ever seen it, if you've ever picked it up, uh, do you have any knowledge of the book? Uh, do you know anybody who has the actual Amazing Spider-Man number one? That's a very valuable book. Uh, who knows what comics are going to do in this time, in this market, I don't know. But let's skip forward to the earliest actual issue I have. This comes from January of 65, I think. No, 64. January of 64, and this is a awesome special issue. It is Amazing Spider-Man number 8 with a special tribute to Teenager issue. Featuring the Living Brain, Peter Parker's fight with Flash Thompson, and the special appearance from the Human Torch. Uh, the art is awesome. Obviously, this is a Stanley written story with Ditko's art, lettered by Art Simek. 
One of my favorite things about these books, and actually I'm going to show the live stream this. One of my favorite things about these books, I've got to do this very carefully, is that you'll see here these advertisements. I'm going to read the advertisements to the podcasters. So, you know, if you are seeing it on live stream and you couldn't really make out what was what was being shown. Uh, this is a new invention. Magic art pre reproducer. Draw any person in one minute. No talent, no lessons. Marvel. Selling you shortcuts. I fucking love it. I think it's cool. They also had things like uh, for a penny, you can get thousands of beautiful stamps only for a penny each. Why? Uh, the penny stamp service. They've got bike decals. More U.S. stamps. Smashing collections. All kinds of stuff. Apparently, a young Cody Rhodes shows up in Spider-Man. That's wild. It's really, um, it's really cool again to have these books out. One of my favorite uh, other things is just the ridiculous shit you find in these books. I'm trying to find one of the books that I have that somebody's written in, and oh, I guess technically the next book will have something that's kind of like that, but. Uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man issue 8. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Again, Human Torch appearance, Living Brain appearance. Uh, Spider-Man fighting the Living Brain is kind of a fun little story. But all in all, uh, this is just a cool one to have because it's so old. You can... Doing that on the podcast, they're like, why am I hearing him sniffle? No, I'm not sniffling. You're hearing me smell in the the fucking smell of these pages. They just, they have such a um, special must to them. I know that probably sounds really gross, but I promise it's not really gross. Uh, it's just books sitting around forever collect all kinds of odors from their time. And then at some point they get this very specific comic booky smell. And I'm over here, I'm just seeing it on the live stream. It looks hilarious. But uh, the next issue I want to talk about is quite possibly, and, and I would say almost definitely my favorite issue uh, that I own is I dab my eye there. For those of you on the live stream, why did he dab his eye? I have allergies. It's a real thing. Makes this one eye water like a motherfucker. I hate it. People in the people in the audio side of this are like, we are learning so much about Nate today. This is a very strange, different kind of podcast. But hopefully, again, you're enjoying it. That's all that really matters. Uh, so back to it. The Amazing Spider-Man from June 1964. It's Mysterio. It's the first appearance of Mysterio. Now here's one thing I can show you guys. It's really cool. On the back, this is where it was delivered. Temple News Agency. Their phone number was 2676 uh, Masonic Temple Building in LaPorte, Indiana. So, you know, a lot of these books, you buy them uh, secondhand. You don't, obviously, I wasn't alive in 1964 to collect these books, right? So, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell with the glare it's not as beautiful as i want it to be but anyways that's just again reviewing the live stream it's really strange i'm like live commentating what i'm seeing while i'm seeing it because that's just how my brain works so anyways mysterio obviously very pertinent to the recent times because of tom holland because 
They just did Spider-Man Far From Home. Brandon told me some crazy rumors about uh, possible plans for the next Spider-Man, which is going to be pertinent to the next book we're going to bring in here in a minute. But I just want to talk about Mysterio for a minute. Quentin Beck, one of the most amazing villains ever. And I want to show you guys that uh, if you ever watched the comic or the cartoon version of Spider-Man, uh, the 94 animated series, this scene in the first picture here rings true because they took it directly from the comics where Spider-Man is a bank robber and he is, you know, caught robbing a bank. And then there's this whole like Parker's like, I wasn't anywhere near a bank. What's going on? Obviously, we turn out and learn to find out that Mysterio, Master of Illusions, is doing it. Fishbowl Head. Uh, this is his official official first appearance for those of you who are uh, who are watching the live stream. This page right down here on the bottom is the first official uh, pa uh, panel of the one they call Mysterio. Uh, oh, on, in the back, here we go. Make money, get prizes with fast-selling American seeds. Here's an advertisement for you guys. Oh, my God, that's amazing art. Check this out, you guys. Look at this cool advertisement I just found. I don't know if you guys can see that. We'll see. But uh, it says, earn big money. Learn electric appliance repairing at your home in spare time. Start your own business, 5 to $6 an hour. I mean, it's sixty-four, five or six dollars an hour. Think about it now. Minimum wage seven twenty-five. That's a problem. Different podcast. We'll have to talk about why that's a problem. But you know, ultimately, Spider-Man defeats uh, Senior uh, Beck and wins the day. Spider-Man goes on to. The, it's really interesting because Amazing Spider-Man's uh, thirteen. Through 16, or 13 through 15, had three of the biggest, most impactful first appearances that we had seen in Spider-Man's run since I would almost even say uh, the first like three or four issues where you had your your first appearance of Chameleon, your first you know first appearance of Sandman, first appearance of Vulture, first appearance of Doc Ock in those first four issues. You know this was another run where you know uh, issue 13, first appearance of um, Fishbowl Head, also known as Mysterio. Then issue 14, we had the first appearance of Green Goblin. That's a book that, truth be told, is not in my collection. Do I want it in my collection? Hell yeah, I want it in my collection. I just don't have it. That's for another time and a place. Hopefully someday I can get it. We'll see if we can survive the apocalypse first. And then if we can survive the apocalypse, maybe we can have whatever we want. We'll just have to see. Also, the decor behind me, if you can see, there's like the, uh, they just kind of look like circles, but those are, uh, it's like an occult uh, blanket that we have. It's very warm, but the sun was beating in in such a way that it was making the lighting really difficult to to successfully achieve in this room. Let's move on to motherfucking train of our existence for the people in the back. I don't know. He really wants you guys to hear him. Train of our existence. Pissed off right now. I don't know who's in here. If you're in here, say hello. I would love to hear from you. Uh, so here we go. Next issue that I have, like I said, issue 14, Green Goblin, one that I do not have, one that I do want. We're going to talk a little bit about a story that kind of comes in um, 
line, it falls in line with the timing of this because Amazing Spider-Man 15 is the first appearance of Craven the Hunter as I'm showing the live stream my book. It's uh, in pretty decent condition. I do, I'm do. i still waiting to find one of the books that has somebody's funny writing in it. Sometimes you get that, man. People would write their names or they would write little notes or, you know, strangely enough, people would cross out panels for some reason, you know. I don't have a lot that have crossed out panels or something like that, but, you know, shit like that. Oh, look at this. Don't let them call you skinny. Look at this. Look at this advertisement. Another crazy fucking awesome ad of the 60s uh this book coming out in august of 1964 which is a long ass fucking time ago in a town called kickapoo anyways uh craven the hunter why do i want to talk about him here's why uh with everything that happened with the disney fox deal and everything that's been happening with sony and Disney working together and then not working together and then the Spider-Man deal fell apart and then the petitions happened and Tom Holland cried and begged for them not to end it and then, you know, here we are. Apparently, the current rumor going around is that Craven the Hunter is being eyed as the next villain for the next Spider-Man movie, which would possibly be not titled Spider-Man Work From Home, but would be titled Spider-Man home run now i'm not talking home run as in hitting a baseball and going around four bases and scoring a point home run as in he is at home and on the run because craven is chasing him craven is hunting him you would say and it is possible we could get a Craven's Last Hunt storyline, although I think that's a little bit too early. I think you're going to do Craven's Last Hunt, make it his his solo movie. You know, make the Spider-Man movie a Craven story, most like his first appearance with, you know, a um, reappearance of the chameleon, which we learn has ties to Craven the Hunter. Uh, you know, this is one of those things where if they do this right, we could have one of the greatest adaptations of a comic book villain on the big screen that we have ever seen. We've had it a couple times. We've had amazing adaptations of heroes and villains alike in the MCU and even in the DCU to some extent. This could be different, though, because Craven is such a visceral, violent, uh, precise character. See, it's like he's like prototype Venom. If Venom wasn't a symbiote and was just a hunting dude. And to me, there's only one guy that can play Craven. And I know they aren't going to cast him probably unless a miracle happens. But Jason Momoa, I am looking at you because I feel his skill set, if he take, brings a little bit of his Aquaman and a little bit of his Cal Drogo together. And all the best parts of those things to make his craven. It could be a true masterpiece, as I keep saying, of uh, reimagining on the big screen from the basic stories in the comic books. Uh, I will say that if you have craven, <clears throat> it is likely you're going to need to maybe introduce Morbius. For a, and I don't mean introduce him, he'll obviously already have his solo movie, but bring him in in some capacity. Maybe that's what brings Craven 
near Parker. Uh, you know, who knows what ultimately uh, plays out there. But to me, you need Craven to have kind of a killer-be-killed mentality through the whole entire thing. Like, he needs to be gunning for Spidey every second. And every time we think, like, oh, God, finally, Spider-Man has a rest. Somebody who maybe isn't Craven directly, but has ties to Craven, is fucking with Parker. Makes it even more difficult, you know. Parker's already in a position where he's going to be on the run. He's going to be trying to get his name right. Maybe this is a possible good time for us to introduce the symbiote as well. Could we see a black suit Spider-Man versus Craven? What do you guys think? Hopefully my uh, stream is not shitty because I can't tell so if it's bad you guys are going to have to let me know personally I would love to see Black Suit Spider-Man Craven because it would give Spidey some sort of an advantage it would make him a little bit more deadly it would also make Craven a little bit more visceral and deadly we need to have a more serious tone Spider-Man take away a little bit of that charm because He's been outed. Parker is Spider-Man. Everybody in the world knows it. How's he going to undo that? How are we going to fix that? What's the way around that? Maybe, is it possible we will see something like Chameleon is revealed also in the movie and they call they say that he is who was pretending to be Parker in the spider suit. You know, we don't know who Spider-Man is or something. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to play this all off. But uh, him being out at the end of the last movie puts him in a real corner. And now everybody knows who he is. So, anyways, let's continue on. And I'm going to have a quick drink break here. Brought to you by Poor360. If you're listening to the Journey Into Comics Network every other Tuesday, Poor360 right here. Journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms. As you can see on my microphone, that's our logo. Man, Pepsi is really great during the apocalypse, you know, like. It's like one of the best things. I don't even know how to describe it. So let's continue on here as we uh, as we mosey on down the road of these awesome different comics. Amazing Spider-Man 16 brings us a special appearance. Spider-Man battles Daredevil. Well, that's super cool. Daredevil in his old gear featuring the Ringmaster, September 16, which was September. September 16 was the issue, Amazing Spider-Man 16. September 1964 was the number I tried to say there. Uh, it's interesting because that's when, right when, Daredevil first debuts. So... Here's an interesting couple little tidbits. He dare he he debuts in the yellow, the Daredevil yellow. And obviously at some point we get him in all red. And that's a change. But at this point he's in yellow. He has a special appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 16. It's really the only thing that makes this book pertinent. Um, you know, featuring the eerie menace of the Ringmaster who's not important, but the more important thing than this was uh, Daredevil 16, a few years later, does the craziest damn thing, and they feature Spider-Man in that. So, interestingly enough, in Amazing Spider-Man 16 and Daredevil 16, both those issues 
separate timelines from each other because Daredevil came out later, so it would have got to his issue 17 about a year and a few months after this moment in time had happened. We get the debut of Spidey in his book. And it's like a one-for-one. Because I'm pretty sure Spidey appears first in issue one as like a special appearance. And then doesn't appear again until that 16, which is tied into uh, the appearance there. So I don't have, unfortunately, the issues um, 17, 18, 19, and 20. But we do have a cool issue with some beautiful artwork. Another appearance of another one of my favorite characters, Johnny Storm. The Human Torch in Amazing Spider-Man 21, February of 65. Um, apparently, this guy tells us, Give me just one evening and I'll teach you to hypnotize easily. Hypnotize others easily, quickly. Perform hypnotic feats with ease. Amaze friends. Demonstrate your power to hypnotize. Yes, it's true. You can hypnotize easily, so quickly and simply that you'll be amazed. And it doesn't even take special talent or long months of study. The very first day you receive this miracle guide hypnotism, you'll be able to perform wonders that will astound everyone. It's that simple when you know how. Man, they packed so many tiny little words into one page in their advertisements. They were trying to get the most bang for their buck. This, I will say, this issue I have to be very, 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 very careful with. Because it only has one staple holding the whole cover together. And it's barely held together. It's pretty much coming undone. I probably should put this away. It is such a cool book. Uh, Human Torch and the Beetle has an appearance. And uh, Beetle's such an interesting looking character. Human Torch. It's interesting because Human Torch and Spidey are always finding a way to fight each other. I don't understand. It's crazy. It's like they're brothers and they're the sibling rivalry. So, this next one has some interesting things to talk about in the book, outside of the book. Here we go. Issue 23. I don't know why I don't have issue 22. I thought I did, but for some reason it's not here, so that means I don't have it. Uh, don't waste a minute. You've got to see Spidey in action against... The Goblin and the Gangsters. And it's got uh, it's a great Green Goblin cover here, guys. One of my favorite covers. Pretty sure this is still a Ditko. We'll, well, we won't talk about that this week because we're not going to get that far. Um, but, yeah, Goblin and the Gangsters, written by the spellbinding style of Stan Lee, illustrated in the magnificent manner of Steve Ditko, lettered in the frenzied fashion of Artie Simic. Dedicated to the new breed of comic Magazine reader, to you, the modern Marvel fan, who will accept nothing less than the best in story and art. I mean, they're just getting you. But there's, I mean, here's some of the books they were advertising at the time. People are like, oh my god, why is he holding it like that? Don't worry. I'm being very, very, very diligent and very, very careful. There's a tiny sliver just came off of something. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, a, a lot of awesome art in all of these books, obviously, because there's a very special style Steve Ditko had, uh, it's the classic style, it's a lot of what, I think it was the Japanese TV show based their look of Spider-Man, really exclusively on kind of how he looked in these books and tried to replicate it exactly, um, I'm trying to find, there's an advertisement in here 
four, and as soon as I find it, I'm going to read it because it's, I think, one of the first times we get that. I got to look through every page, folks. So for you watchers, I'm sorry this is boring. For the one you watcher singular, who watches the Watchmen, the watcher watches the Watchmen. Uh, but I'm looking for for this Marvel advertisement that's in here. Very specific, if I can find it. I keep getting... There's so many ads packed in these books, you guys. I also have to be careful not to rub my eye because like, it itches, but obviously these are really old pages, so you got to be careful not to touch your eyes too much. You get dirt and dander and all kinds of weird shit on your face, and then you're not having a good time. Oh, my live stream is freezing. That's, that's lovely. Great, grand, wonderful. Hopefully it comes back. Aha! I have found the advertisement. The live stream might not get it because it's frozen right now. Folks might be, uh, they might be, uh, what's the word? They might be doing some streaming on the interwebs right now because we're all at home. So it's bogging all the shit down, making it harder for us to live stream because my live stream is frozen as shit. I don't like it. It's pissing me off. So let's go back into the Streamlabs. I'm just going to watch this because it'll make it easier for me to see exactly what's happening. I'm going to show you guys up next the Merry Marvel Marching Society. This is one of the earliest times I think we get this in one of the books. I'm going to read it to you. No need to describe the old MMS again. Oh, yeah, this, so this is not the first, but one of the earlier times. You have had... You'd have to be living on the mood to not have heard it by now. But for those of you who didn't have a buck handy last month, we're repeating our coupon once more out of the kindness of our happy little hearts. Now you've got no excuse. Make your check or money order out to the Marvel Comics Group. MMS, Marvel Comics Group, Madison Ave, New York, High Gang. Let's face it, I'm Marvel Madman 2. Here's my hard-earned buck. Now the least you can do is rush all those nutty gizmos real fast to name an address. And then uh, you, yeah, it shows you here all the different cool jazz there. So let's see if the live stream is back and working yet. Officially, as I belch, I'm so sorry. We're frozoned, it looks like. So that's not cool. Very unfortunate. I don't know what's happening there. But anyways, uh, we'll continue on. And we'll see what happens there. I'm not really sure what's going to be happening. Uh, but we've got Amazing Spider-Man 24, which is a awesome return of some mental problems Spider-Man's having about his villains he's faced. And he keeps seeing them when they're not necessarily there in this issue. Spider-Man goes mad. Amazing Spider-Man 24. The startling mystery tale in the mighty Marvel tradition. I can't get it. There we go. Another smashing offbeat thriller for the great new breed of magazine reader for you. It's cool. It's a really cool book. It really is. I'm really bummed that this live stream thing's not working out so well because the podcast is going to be like weird as shit now. It's going to be like... You're listening and you're just like, what is Nate doing right now? I'm trying to figure out what's going on on my interwebs. Why is this not working? 
Okay, we do not have any. Nope, no idea. And. And we're gonna just. Go back here. And we're just. Now listen, here's a cool thing. I'll just do it again, folks. I'll just post again. We'll just go live again. Um, journey into comics. Oh. Okay, and we're just going to go ahead and go live now. Sorry for the delay, audio uh, folks who again are like, what in the shit is happening? I am not sure. I'm so sorry that this is happening. I'm back to you viewers on Facebook. It is really not liking me. It will not let me stream. It's just fucking up. I guess people are maybe using the internet at my house or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, seems like we're not going to get this to work. As it's not moved since I've started, it's just freaking the fuck out. I'm just going to go ahead and end this. And we're going to just finish the show up just talking about this shit. I had only a couple more to go, and I can't do it. That sucks. Because we had Amazing Spider-Man 24, which I was just talking about a little bit for you viewers. But then we got to the Molten Man issue, which was Amazing Spider-Man 28. It's one of my favorite issues to show off and to talk about. Uh, it's a really definitely a delicate issue because it had an all-black cover that easily scratched. So it's very hard to find a copy of this with the cover not completely scratched up and looking bad. And if it gets a bend or a ding or a dent. It's just super, super noticeable. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I really wish I could show the live stream because it's a really cool book. Uh, but for some reason, it's just not letting us. It's just, be, oh, it's because Streamlabs fucked up. Interesting. So, for my audio listeners, you're like, oh, the Streamlabs messed up for the live people. They just think I gave up on them. That's unfortunate. So, something happened with Streamlabs. Maybe we can close Streamlabs and bring this back to life. We'll see. I don't know. Anyways, this Molten Man issue is really cool because it's just, again, it's all about that art and it's got the classic ditko art still it tells the story of molten man his first appearance not the molten man necessarily that we got in uh that movie that we just had amazing spider-man far from home but uh kind of sort of like that you know so let's try this again journey into comics 288 Part two. Audio listeners, we're gonna go backwards a little bit because we're gonna we're gonna show them what we've been doing. 
what we've been doing in the downtime here. It's going to fuck up on me again. I'm going to be so mad. Oh, no, here we go. It looks nice. Yay. Hi, I'm back. I did it. We survived the fuck up. I'm so sorry. Holy shit, that's crazy, right? So back to what I was showing you guys. It's Amazing Spider-Man 28. First appearance of Molten Man. This book is very interesting because as you live streamers can see, it's got an all-black cover. And this thing scratches so easily. So if you can see, I'm trying to get a good angle on it here. Of course, it looks beautiful in this light. But there are it, you can tell that it started to get a little bit of scratches. And because it was printed in black, it so easily scrapes off. And unfortunately, because it scrapes off, you don't find this in really great quality. As I said, Molten Man was just in Amazing Spider-Man uh, or in Spider-Man Far From Home as one of the elementals, as was technically Sandman and Hydra-Man. And, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. So the last book today that I'm going to be showing you guys before we possibly get into a Q&A, if there's even anybody in here to do a Q&A with, if you're in here and you want to hear me talk about, or if you want to ask me stuff, I'd love to answer questions about nerdy shit or whatever you want to ask me. I don't care. Uh... Amazing Spider-Man 29, right? So this is the second time we see the Scorpion. He appears first in Amazing Spider-Man 20. That's why I don't have Amazing Spider-Man 20, because it's a first appearance. It's a rare one, but this is Mac Gargan's second appearance. Whatever you do, wherever you go, never step on a Scorpion. Um, again, the art is beautiful. Here's an interesting thing. This page, has it looks like somebody put a sticker on it or tape. And we've got just a little interesting blemish there that, uh, you know. And, oh, another thing interesting about this book, the staples. It was stapled wrong. Look very closely. The staple is in the side, or in the front, not in the side of this book. So you get that with older books. Uh, this came out in um, October of 1965. So uh, some really cool. Here's how the how the scorpion originally looked just in case you've never seen any of these original panels uh yeah man this has been an interesting little experiment showing off some of the books i'd really like to show off more of these books i you guys are gonna have to tell me what you thought about it for the for the podcast listener you're gonna have to tell me if this translated well at all because i'm just i live streams like wow he's itching the fuck out of his eye but like uh for the podcast listener, you need to tell me if this translates well. To those of you who watched the live stream, I thank you so much. Like I said, I, I would take questions. Doesn't look like anybody's in here to ask questions, which is fine. I understand. Uh, it's a crazy day. I'm going to be resharing these parts and have the podcast coming up live here shortly. We are, while we're sitting here, going to go check the old news machine. See if there's been any crazy late-breaking news. Uh, let's see here. Um, go to our section where we usually go. Oh, you know what? I wanted to do this. Let's do this live on the show. Let's, let's see if, how, how I'll fare. Apparently, uh, somebody at comicbook.com has put together a 
toughest Marvel Cinematic Universe trivia quiz. I'm going to take it and see how I do. Not let that video play. Below is a list of 20 questions, each related to the MCU. After each question, will be answered the question. So try not to scroll ahead too much or you end up giving it away. So if I scroll too fast, I can know the answers. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to scroll very slowly here. What is Captain America? This is supposed to be the hardest question. The first question is now the easiest question. What is Captain America's shield made of? The answer is vibranium. Their answer, vibranium. Uh, let's see here. What is the name of Thor's axe? We all know that Stormbreaker. Easy. Stormbreaker is an awesome axe wielded in uh, Nidavellir uh, with the help of Eitri the Elf. And correct, they say Stormbreaker is the name of Thor's axe. Well, I would hope so. Unless you started changing shit. Up next, who provides the voice of Baby Groot? Well, that's still Vin Diesel uh, who provides the voice for all forms of Groot. And that is the correct answer, as they have told me. Let's see. We're just moving on through this. this is, there's not been so far. There's not been a question where I'm like, uh, what was Doctor Strange's medical specialty? Ooh, uh, he was like a heart. Um, would it be a neurosurgeon or a heart surgeon? Neurosurgery. Okay. Well, so neurosurgery. I didn't quite say it right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Mark Ruffalo replaced which actor when he was cast as Bruce Banner? Come on. Easy. Ed Norton. Simple. The answer is Ed Norton. I'd have been pissed if it was somebody else. They're like, you're wrong. How many awards did Black Panther win at the Oscars? I believe Black Panther took two or three. It's like costume per design, uh, costume design, uh, maybe sound editing and original song or score. Let's see. Oh, okay, three. Original score, costume design, and production design. Okay. Which character gave Nick Fury inspiration for the name Avengers? Come on, come on now. It's, it's, it's Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel. Yeah, Carol, Avenger, Danvers. Captain Marvel is who gave him the Inspiration, what iconic literary detective was played by two different MCU stars? Uh, well, they're, they got to be talking about Sherlock, which was played by Benedict Cumbersmash and uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, which they are. Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, next question, what does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for? Ooh. Uh, the strategic homeland invent inter intervention. Uh, I don't know what the E stands for. Logistics division. Strategic homeland. Strategic homeland intervention enhancement. No, that's not it. Let's scroll down. Strategic Homeland and inter and Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Fuck. That was hard. That was not as easy as I thought it was. Okay. Uh, what's the name of the set of documents that regulate the activity of enhanced people? Sokovia Accords, which it is. That is correct. Uh, what famous actor portrayed Loki in the fictional stage play about Loki's life? Matt Damon. 
Matt Damon. It is definitely Matt Damon. They have a picture of him. It's Matt Damon. Uh, what song does Star-Lord sing when issuing a dance-off challenge to Ronan? Ooh, child. Obviously. Uh, by the Five Stair Steps, I do believe, is the, uh, the group that does that song. According to this, Ooh, Child by the Five Stair Steps is the correct answer. Booyah, baby. Where does Scott Lang work after being released from prison in Ant-Man? Baskin-Robbins always finds out, bro. Baskin-Robbins is the correct answer. Let's continue on here. What is the real name of the Red Skull? Johann Schmidt. Johann Schmidt is the correct answer. Which MCU director has also appeared in multiple MCU movies? John Favreau, because he's appeared in Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Avengers. Did not have an appearance in Avengers, I don't think. I'm trying to think. I don't think he actually appears in Avengers. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, uh, Homecoming, Far From Home, Infinity War, Endgame, or Endgame. Six, maybe seven appearances from Favreau as Happy Hogan. Yep, that is the correct answer. Which Phase 3 MCU movie does not feature a cameo from Stan Lee? The last one, which was Far From Home. He had already passed before they got to film what would have been what would have been his final cameo, but he ends up having his final cameo beautifully in Endgame, which I think is fitting. Spider-Man Far From Home is the correct answer. In which MCU movie does Thanos first appear? Answer, Avengers. Final post-credit scene. First post-credit scene. Final one was the shawarma scene. What is the name of the actor who pretended to be the Mandarin? Trevor Slattery? I, I, I loved Iron Man 3 more than people give that movie credit for. It's a great movie. You should check it out if you haven't already done so. Um... But Trevor Slattery is the real name of the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley. That is the correct answer. Which version of the Iron Man suit does Tony Stark wear in the first Avengers film? That's simple. I'm looking at it right now in front of me because I have a statue of it. I might go grab that for you guys in a minute. Who knows? Probably not. It requires me to stand up. Uh, which version of the Iron Man suit does Tony Stark wear in the first Avengers film? The answer is Mark 7, obviously. And Mark 7 is what they have marked. <laughs> down see what i did there marked down what is the name of the super soldier project that created captain america oh project rebirth or project pegasus or project alpha project i'm gonna say rebirth and scroll down now it is project rebirth nice and that was the final one. So that was the hardest question. I still got them all correct. Well, except for the shield one. I was fucked that shield one. I still fucked it up. I read the answer and I still don't know what the answer is. How do you do that? How you going how you going enforcement, intervention enforcement and logistics division. There. Now I got it right. Okay, cool. Got people watching again. Hey, if you're in here, you want to answer questions or ask me questions, I'll answer them maybe. If you're feeling like not asking me questions that I'm just going to wrap this up and go home. So that's what's up. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go home because I am, I am home. That's kind of weird, but anyways, folks, uh, this has been journey into comics 288. As always, you can find us on all the different platforms, whether it's Apple music, 
Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, TuneIn, many others. Just search for um, Journey into Comics Network. I think it's over here. Um, or go to journeyintocomics.com and get the Journey into Comics podcast or all the other awesome shows on our network. I will say I think Friday I'm going to be launching a brand new show. Keep your eyes peeled for Caniculture. Coming to you guys every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. It's going to be a 12-part miniseries talking about the history of cannabis and what that plant is, where it comes from, what it does, how long the world has been using it, and uh, everything all the way up and until where we are currently in the world we live in today. Anyways, folks, I want to thank you so much for tuning in on the two-part live stream since we had problems. For those of you listeners, thank you for sticking around today. Hopefully this gets better the more times I do the live stream when we don't have Tyler. Hopefully there are less episodes without Tyler. I love having Tyler on. He's my favorite part of this show. He's not even on this show. Not that I don't love you guys. He's just, he's my dude. I love talking to him. Have a great time. Anyways, folks, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey Into Comics. This has been Journey Into Comics 288, The Amazing Quarantine. I'm Nate, and as always... Pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.